It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Julie Henson, the 2019 National Artist in Residence at the Neon Museum. She was selected out of a list of 82 applicants and has joined the museum for eight weeks this summer through August 21st. You can meet Julie at an open studio event on Friday, August 16th at the NE10 studio. For everything about the Neon Museum, go to neonmuseum.org. And for everything about Julie, go to juliehenson.com. And Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What brings you to Las Vegas? How did you even know about the Neon Museum? Tell us all about it. Well, I uh, found out about the Neon Museum through a friend who came and was a participant in the Artist in Residence program a few years back. And I, the more research I did about the Neon Museum and about Las Vegas, the more I wanted to be here for a variety of reasons. Interesting. So uh, just a full disclaimer, I'm a member of the Neon Museum and uh, subscribe to its philosophy and, and try to steal its neon, but they won't let me I out bet. the door. Yeah, exactly. So when you when you first applied and after you did some research and a friend recommended you, your background is you were in San Francisco, you were in Los Angeles, you've pretty much been everywhere. So you're a vagabond in a way, <laughs> a aren't bit, you? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> you you must have had some trepidation, not so much about the Neon Museum, but about coming to the desert. Oh, not so much. Uh, I actually grew up in the South, so I'm used to some heat, and I'm also used to a little humidity. So here, it's you know, you get all the benefits of the heat without the the torture of the humidity. So True. it's a good combination. It's a dry heat. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's what they, they say. <laughs> yeah, you can survive it, but you have to take precautions in that sense. Absolutely. So when you knew you were coming up for your residency, did you talk to some of the previous winners of the? residency program and get a sense of what to expect? Just Whitney, who had recommended the program. I think she was the first artist in residence that uh, came to the museum, and she just had glowing reviews of Las Vegas and the Neon Museum generally, and really pushed me to, to apply. So I'm really glad I did. And when you applied, did you know that obviously there would be other applicants? Yes. And did you know any of them? No, not that I know of. I don't think that I know anybody else that applied, but you never know. There's there's a lot of overlap in the art world. So We should point out we're sitting at the NE10 yeah. studio, which is your work area. Yep, absolutely. And we're at one of the tables. There's several around. There's a bunch of signs around, which are great yeah. neon signs. So it must put you in the mood for your artistic endeavors. Absolutely. I think a lot about scale as an artist and especially an artist that makes a lot of sculpture and art installations so it's really remarkable to be able to work in the space with so many objects that are seen from a distance and are designed to grab your attention from far far away and to be up close with them and experience them on a little bit more of an intimate scale. The challenge for you I would think would be to Look at the neon and decide how you're going to contribute to the artistry, so to speak, of the neon or elements of the neon. So what was your approach? How did you decide to stake your claim here in the residency? Well, I make a lot of work that revolves around images and their meanings. Um, 
culturally. So I use a lot of pop culture images and kind of respond to them in my own way. Give an example of, of some of those so pop images. A lot of um, my recent work has used a variety of performers um, from Dolly Parton to Madonna to other kind of over-the-top, really um, powerful female performers. And so a part of coming to Las Vegas was to think about how language operates on scale and to translate ideas through really um, aggressive media, essentially. Okay. That was art speak. Can you translate yeah. that into English for at least <laughs> me, if not the audience? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think about what the, the signs that exist throughout the city um, represent to us culturally. So that was a really big part of being at the Neon Museum, who's thinking about the history of the signage that's across Las Vegas. And really kind of trying to understand it and to have some historical references associated with it. So for me, I'm thinking about big ideas and how they are um, translated through different things. Like, I think a lot about the American dream and westward expansion and kind of how we as a culture think about ourselves um, as Americans, essentially. And so a lot of the things that I've been thinking about being here in Las Vegas are how Las Vegas represents being an American through a variety of different ideas. Do you find that from your perspective that Las Vegas is typically American or atypically American? A little bit of both, I think. I think it defines itself, at least from my very early interactions with being here. Most of my experience and understanding of Las Vegas before I came here came through how it projects itself to the to the rest of the country and the world. And that, that changes over time, doesn't Absolutely. it? In other words, the decades, in the 50s, it was one way, mm -hmm. 60s and then 70s, yep. and now we're into, obviously, the 21st century. So it Absolutely. becomes a whole different image. Yes. Yeah, so part of my time here is not only to help myself and my practice understand a little bit more about how we see ourselves through the lens of Las Vegas, but also to really kind of understand the differences between what is projected to the rest of the world and what Las Vegas is on a more intimate level um, from the perspective of living here for a little bit. So it's really, a, you're looking at the difference or the divide, if I may say, between what the image is projected over decades to the world and then the image that locals get from living here. Absolutely. So during, and we'll talk about the the art open exhibit in a little while. But I would assume that that's part of it to kind of introduce yourself and explain what your approach is. Yeah, ex exactly. Okay. What when you're working with materials, what materials do you work with? In other words, you we have the signs here at the Nia Museum, but you're working in what? realm, if that would be the right term. Yeah, so I have... Just, you know, I'm a famous non-artist, so I, I'm trying <laughs> to come great. up with terminology that you would understand. <laughs> nope, that made total sense. Okay, great. <laughs> um, traditionally, I have worked with a lot of materials that are used for sculpture. Wood, plywoods, all kinds of other kind of hard-edged, really like big, bold materials. Metals, all kinds of different things. Um, but I often use, combine those with images. So a lot of my recent work is images printed to things like plywood and metal that um, kind of has the language of like a stage prop. So most of the things that I think about come from this perspective of like 
interpreting the world through, you know, the stage, generally. So I bring in a lot of those types of materials. For my project here, I'm thinking predominantly about kind of backdrops and tapestries, using fabric as a way to, to change the state of the signs that I'm thinking about and working with. So for this project, I'm using a lot of materials that would normally be used in stage costumes. So sequins, velvet, satin, things that are really shiny and bright and actually translating some of the signs into fabric, which yeah, lets well, them see. kind of fall and do different things than they would if they were made out of the materials that they're normally made out of. So it's a different perspective. You're exactly. creating with a different material. That's the goal. Interesting. So when the, you're done with your time here at the Neon Museum, the art that you create, does it stay here? Does it co go with you to your next locale or... What Something happens? from the work that I produce here will go into the Neon Museum collection, which I'm really excited about. So it will permanently be there. Exactly. With your name attached. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and Immortality. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And then um, the rest of the work goes with me and will be used for other exhibitions that I have coming up. Which, in a way, is good because the ones you take with you, when you do exhibit them elsewhere, it'll obviously say this was created during my residency. Absolutely. At the Neon Museum. So Absolutely. it's a win-win yeah. situation at that point. Absolutely. How did you get notified that you had been chosen as the artist in residence? Well, um, some of the amazing staff at the Neon Museum sent me an email and gave me a phone call and asked me if I would still like to come, and I was pretty excited about it. Well, you still it. like to come. They, they, fear, they feared that you would back out. <laughs> no, no, no. They were. Are you uh, allergic to neon? <laughs> what, what, what do you mean still like to come? <laughs> you know, uh, um, uh, I've heard a lot of artists say that uh, getting a residency like this is like winning the lottery. So, you know, in a, in a lot of respects, I was really excited and honored to be picked for something like this. What was the one thing you feared about that? About coming here? Yes. There had to be one thing. Um, I was a little afraid of the heat, and that has been totally fine. Um, and the other thing was I wasn't sure what Las Vegas was like on an individual level and what the people here were like and whether it was all the strip, you know, and if it had more to it than... And you thought everybody lived in hotels. Yeah, still. absolutely. Yeah, no, we're, we're all <laughs> Isn't that right? That. Yeah. Well, it, it was. That was one of those art... Uh, projections in the 60s and 70s. Absolutely. And that the perception of the, everyone was everybody lived in a hotel. Yeah, not that there's no. anything wrong with that. I might like to live in a yeah, hotel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I live in a motel, but no, I don't. But, but yes, it's a, a really great local population that has been obviously expanding over the decades. Yeah. So it, we're, we have a lot of things here that we didn't have in the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s, and now we have all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I've so been really well. pleasantly surprised by the city generally, and the people here. Everybody has been so nice and helpful and really great about responding to my project and leading me to new people, and it's just been a real pleasure to be here. Do they force you to live in the uh, gallery itself, in the studio space? <laughs> Not this time. Oh, Not no, this good. Time. Okay. So you can get out the door. Um, <laughs> you know, they, you know, the chain only goes so far. Right, but, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but the armed guard, I'm sure, would not, would not mind you if you yeah, tried to escape. He's nice, yeah, but uh, yeah. he really won't let me go anywhere. Yes, and I understand you're creating a neon sculpture of the armed guard. <laughs> yeah, to exactly. Part of it as well, too. <laughs> so it's great. So you had a chance, you have a chance now to not only work in the studio, 
but also to get around town and, as you say, meet people, and they, they put you in touch with other people, yeah. so you get a chance to, get to explore the area, Absolutely. So, so to speak. And you're not going to be able to do all of it in the, in the short time that you're here. But how do you structure your typical day uh, at the studio? In other words, are you here for eight hours a day? Are you here for five hours a day, 20 hours a day? It all depends. Um, so some, it's really up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there's I'm no here. neon time clock. No, no, no. Not yet. All Maybe right. for the next year. I'm <laughs> assuming they'll institute that. Exactly. It's <laughs> much, much more organized as each year goes by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <And> for sure. <laughs> um, I yeah, like the idea of a neon time yeah. clock you could punch. That would be great, actually. It would. Yeah. <laughs> I'd actually love to have one of those in my studio at home. <laughs> Create one. Come yeah. on, you're an artist. <laughs> I'll I'll schedule it in. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think? You you were here average. I've been eight here, hours a day, or I've been here between eight to twelve hours a day. Um, you know, it's nice well, and warm outside. I was gonna so say, why leave? I, it's I, air conditioning. Exactly. <laughs> I I enjoy the AC as long as I can. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but my schedule has has changed depending on what's going on or who's around or what other events the museum has uh, going on and has invited me to. So the, my days, sometimes I get up super early in the morning and go out to Red Rock Canyon and go for a hike before it gets too warm. Best and, thing to do. Yeah. Clear your head. Exactly. Yes, and think about my days um, and then come in here and work for hours and, you know, usually head out and wander around in the evenings as much as I can, um, just to try to experience the city just by walking and seeing what is going on. We've gone to shows, we've seen, you know, gone to museums and onto other arts events um, throughout the city, which has been really fun to meet some of the artists that are working here locally. And are they surprised to know who you are when you meet <laughs> these other artists? Well, I think so far everybody has been really welcoming and inviting. So they've been really excited to meet me and have been friendly and wanting to hang out. And, Great. You know. So right. it's been really fun in that regard. Well, let's take a break. Sure. My guest, Julie Henson, is the 2019 National Artist in Residence at the Neon Museum. She was selected out of a list of 82 applicants and has joined the museum for eight weeks this summer through August 21st. And you can meet Julie at an open studio event on Friday, August the 16th at NE10 Studio. For everything about the Neon Museum, go to neonmuseum.org and, of course, you could check on Julie Henson at juliehenson.com. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. There's something new at the Neon Museum. The emerging technology of light mapping brings old signs back to life. Forgotten artifacts of our past that once blazed in the Las Vegas night are reanimated in a dazzling immersion of sight and sound. You've never seen anything like it because there's never been anything like it. Brilliant, a neon museum experience. Performances nightly. Join the experience now at neonmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Julie Henson, the 2019 National Artist in Residence at the Neon Museum. She was selected out of a list of 82 applicants and has joined the museum for eight weeks this summer through August 21st. You can meet Julie at an open studio event on Friday, August 16th 
at the NE10 studio. For everything about the Neon Museum, go to neonmuseum.org and also juliehenson.com for everything about Julie. And Julie, we were talking a little bit about how you approach your art. And do you find that it changes over time, even a short time? So for example, when you arrived at the Neon Museum and NE10 Studios, and you looked around, you got a sense of the place, you got a sense of what originally you were thinking about. Did that change? Yeah, it did. I mean, I came to the residency thinking, trying to give myself an open window to work and to explore and to understand the city through my experience, rather than coming in with an idea and feeling like I needed to just do that thing. So over the course of the experience here so far, I have been kind of interpreting some of the signs in the museum. I thought I would be going with different ones than I have, and have kind of ended up kind of breaking them apart in ways that I didn't think that I would. So it's been a, an experience of kind of learning and adapting and responding to the city rather than just kind of coming here just to work. Or have a preordained sense of what you wanted to do. Exactly. Now, I'm going to try to nail you down here and have you tell me your favorite sign Yeah. at the Neon Museum. Oh, man. Come on. And it doesn't oh, necessarily have man. to be, it could be around the city that the Neon Museum puts signs to, but, uh, I, or, or how about this? I'll make it easier. Your top three? Oh, man. Okay. Um, well, if you're going to object, I'll go back to the top one. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to choose because there are so many great ones, and I like them for so many different reasons. I can't say no to the duck. The ugly duckling or whatever um, Nobody it's can named. Say uh, no to the duck. <laughs> the duck is so hilarious and just like... <laughs> like. Do you think it's because it's whimsical? Yeah, and it is also it has this look that it could, you know, maybe not be stable to, you know? It has this like really interesting... Uh, I don't know, texture to it, for lack of a better way of describing it. Um, it's one of my favorites. It's hard to pinpoint. I really do love Sassy Sally. I can't help myself mm -hmm. just from its uh, perspective on a different time. I do hear your Carolina accent coming through <laughs> just a little bit. That's great. It's in there. It's yeah. in there. I like, I like accents. <laughs> I like to have people with accents on the show. It gives a certain flavor to it. I like it. <laughs> yep. Okay, so we have the duck. We have Sassy Sally. Do you have another mm. one more just to kind of round out the favorite signage? Oh, man. They're really hard to choose. I do like the milkman as well. Just, Fair enough. Just because he's the, a funny little shape. Yeah, and, he is. Uh, he is, yeah. <laughs> and speaks to a completely different era. Well, the Neon Museum didn't want me to tell you this, but I'm going to reveal it here for the first time that you know the Welcome to Las Vegas sign? Yeah. They're changing it to Welcome Julie to Las Vegas sign. <laughs> they've actually commissioned an I mean, artist it's to about do that. time. Yes, honestly. I think so. I mean, for the long time that you've been here, it's certainly something you should have. Absolutely. And have your name up in lights, right? So there, <laughs> there you go. When you look at the signs that you're giving artistic interpretation to, would that be a good way to phrase it? Sure. Uh, when you're looking at those signs, do you envision them in their nighttime state or their daytime state or both meaning mm. at night is when the neon comes on and it's a whole different look than daytime when especially during the summer a lot of signs are washed out yeah or look washed out i should say i actually 
That's a really wonderful question because I think about them both ways. I actually like the difference between the two. I like how bright and perfect and beautiful they look at night, even when they're not perfect. I like being able to see the difference that you have in the daytime with the colors that are different or the the dust and the dirt all over them. Is it, could I use the metaphor, it's life and death? Absolutely. Nighttime is life yeah. and daytime is death as yeah. far as just the what the signs represent. Absolutely. And I think it's a good metaphor for a variety of different things that we think about. You know? That's good. So would, how often do you work in metaphors versus a literal interpretation of something? Probably, I would say, I'm going to guess here, mostly metaphor. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, I use a lot of really recognizable imagery, which um, allows me to be a little bit more direct than some artists are. But Especially I, the pop culture reference. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, my goal is for people to be able to find an entry point when they see my work. They have something that they recognize and that they understand when they see it, even really quickly. But the hope is that I at least can get someone to slow down and think about what they're seeing and what they recognize and why they recognize it. So it's a little bit of both. Interesting. What, when, at what point did you decide to become an artist? How old were you? A very early age or just later on you decided, you know, I don't want to be a keynote runner. I want to be an artist. Is that how it happened? Or what was um, going on? I grew up, my mother was an art teacher. So I grew up in oh, a house right away, where there was yeah. art all the yeah. time. So... I was very comfortable with art growing up, um, but I kind of always wanted to be an artist, um, even from a very early age, and it was always a big part of everything that I did. So, was it your at that time? You always wanted to be an artist. Was it a, sort of a generic artist until you decided which way you wanted to specialize? Yeah. yeah, and I think as I've gotten older, it's been less about just kind of making an object or making a piece of art and more about using art as a way to understand our world, you know? What could you say from your decision to become an artist has been the most, I don't want to say fulfilling, but clearly validated your decision to become an artist? I guess that's another way of asking it. Some, in other words, you must have got you must get feedback in some way that validates that you made the right decision to be an artist. What was yeah. that? Was there one time that that happened, or one event that just triggered it for you, so to speak? Oh well, you know I, that question reminds me of something one of my professors said about being an artist, which was uh, being an artist is an effort in stubbornness. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you can withstand the longest, uh, you've won the game. Right, no, right. <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, I love the conversations that happen when you talk about art. And I think anything within the artistic realm, whether that be theater or writing or other types of art forms, you get a way to talk about our world without having such direct references to it, either from a political perspective or whatever. It's more about the conversation for me um, with people like you and people like that have come through and visited the museum or other artists or curators. Those are the things that I find really valuable in being an artist. I perceive you as being a very accessible artist. I think some artists tend to be, not all obviously, but just some tend to be, I'll use this term and you'll understand what I'm talking about, pretentious about their work and about their approach and about people. <laughs> and so you're very 
down to earth and accessible and artistic. Why can't all artists be like you? How about that for a loaded question? <laughs> Ooh, I feel scared to answer that question. Um, I, I think, you know, artists want to engage with the world in different ways. And sometimes You're they... You're very diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I, think, I think everybody has to figure it out for themselves, you know? I like, I like engaging with other people. No, that's a fair question. You have to decide for yourself what kind of, not just artist, but what kind of human being you're going to be right. in the approach to your art. Yeah, Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. So when you finish the residency, are you looking at from, I don't want to quantify it, maybe qualify it, but are you looking at saying to yourself at the end of the residency at the Neon Museum, I will have created and contributed X number of artistic pieces? Or is it more at the end of my residency at the Neon Museum, I will have created and contributed an interesting, provocative, discussion-worthy piece of art or pieces of art? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I am very deadline-oriented, so it's really great for me to be That's here. unusual, isn't it, for an artist? <laughs> it all depends. Yes, all artists again, are different. I know, you're right, all right. <laughs> I take it back, you're right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm deadline-oriented. I, you know, early on set up a schedule for myself of things that I wanted to accomplish and by when. Um, one of, we'll see how those things go because I think it's just as valuable for me to spend time understanding the work that I'm making and understanding this city from a different perspective. That's a really valuable experience and I don't want to waste it by just sitting in here and working around the clock. Um, so it's a little bit of both. And, you know, for me, I'm hoping to take the experience and let it feed new avenues within my practice so that it can grow and develop and change um, through this experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that perfectly makes sense. Do you look at your time here in a certain way? So uh, here's my idea, and maybe the Neon Museum thought of this already. If not, they're going to steal my idea, which is fine because I already said I was a member, so they could do that. But once you finish your residency, you, because you're a go-getter and, and you, you, you respond to deadlines, you could create an artist-in-residence alumni association and put all of the artists that have come through the Neon Museum together. And then yeah. you, you, could, you could be the first president. <laughs> and, and you guys could contribute to additional information and suggestions and become an advisory committee to the Neon Museum. What do you think about that? I mean, I have really enjoyed my experience so far so contributing to this program is I would be happy to do that in any sort of capacity. Well, I'll lobby Rob McCoy and see what I can yeah. get, get, get I, I will also say that I'm trying to learn to uh, not take on more than I can <laughs> than I can so True. Uh, I'm not going to volunteer for that position. But, but if asked you would serve. Maybe. Potentially. Potentially. Okay. In some capacity. Oh, you're such a diplomat. I love it. A diplomat slash artist. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. When you look at the full inventory, because I'm sure you had a chance to not only tour the Neon Museum, the Boneyard, the exhibits everywhere around town, and the studio, if when you look at the total inventory, are you? What is your reaction? I'm going to tell you what your your reaction is. You're going to have to tell me what was your reaction to what you saw in total in terms of what is available for people to see and what is available for artists to ponder. 
It's a really unbelievable collection. I think I was mostly just surprised by how much is here and how all of the bits and pieces kind of fill in a greater story about Las Vegas. You know, having walked through the Boneyard and the North Gallery over at um, the museum and this space with some of the um, interpreters and staff that works at the Neon Museum, you get such a deep understanding of the city and its history through the objects that are here. And I think that that's been the surprise for me is how much I have learned about the history of the city through the objects themselves, which wasn't expected. Well, I think that's a great way to leave it. Yeah. Thank you, Julie, for no. being on the show. Thank you so much. My guest has been Julie Henson, the 2019 National Artist in Residence at the Neon Museum. She was selected out of a list of 82 applicants and has joined the museum for eight weeks this summer through August 21st. And you can meet Julie at an open studio event on Friday, August 16th at the NE10 studio. For everything about the Neon Museum, go to neonmuseum.org and, of course, juliehenson.com. And as I say, Julie, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Anything you want us to be.